I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the music of 1999, Waiting in the Velvet Sea here in 2020. I am one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Iscove. And with us today is comedian performer Aaron Lampart. Um, and from the look on her face, I wonder if she doesn't love Waiting in the Velvet Sea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I was here's the thing, Aaron. Um, as I said to Phil, uh, I am I'm a casual fish fan, which I'm pretty confident is like the worst thing you could be to an actual fish fan. And I was very nervous about picking a song to uh to 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 start with um that also had a place in it. And I was really holding it on your face. So no matter what face you made, I would have been like, she's judging me. She's judging me. But it's great to have you on and tell us. I make a lot of faces. <laughs> I read real into that. I also met you one minute ago. Um, but, uh, it's, it's great to have you on. Uh, my understanding is you are a, a massive fish, fish fan. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're a huge part of my life. I'm not right. like, you know, one of those people that, you know, I haven't seen them a thousand times, but, you know, they're like a huge part of what makes me, me. How many times have you seen them? <clears throat> you know, I was trying to figure that out. Uh, not less, probably like 20 or less. Not that many okay. because I, I have That's a still str- lot. <laughs> yeah, just just for the record, it's, it's not not a lot of times to see a band. I have uh, I've never seen a band more than like 
four or five times and I'm a um I'm a huge music fan. But <laughs> that's the difference between Fish and other bands. I think that is like that is kind of s- the starting point for this conversation why someone who's a huge fan of fish feels like 20 times is not that many <laughs> so well, what do you yeah. think about that yeah where, where where does that come from there's a lot of factors that come from that because you know fish has this long timeline where basically you know they started in like the late 80s right but their peak was like 1994 and I would say that's when my older brother was really getting into them and listening to them. And that's where I was first introduced to them. Um, but there's this whole thing. I mean, like they went through uh, a lot of changes. They uh, had this hiatus in like the year 2000 that lasted a couple of years. They came back and then they went away again. And so I didn't actually get to see them in two- until 2003. And what I was uh, told <laughs> in 2018, I, 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 I learn things every day, not every day, but I learn a lot about fish as, you know, I get older. But somebody told me that there are three types of fish fans. There's fish 1.0s, fish 2.0s, and fish 3.0s. And basically, if you're a 1.0, you've been on board since the very beginning. You know, you've been Mm -hmm. seeing them since 93 or whatever. If you're a 2.0, you didn't see them until that, uh, until they came back from their first hiatus. Uh, I was told 2.0s are kind of rare. Not a lot of 2.0s out there. (laughs) I'm one of them. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, And then 3.0s are people that uh, didn't see them until after 2009, which is when they came back for good. So I think... The long answer to that question is I didn't start seeing them until about 10 years later than a lot of their other fans, you know? So have I, had I been 10 years older, I probably would have seen them, you know, 50 times. So Aaron, where so, did you grow up? Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. I grew up on the East Coast. Um, we're originally from New York. Uh, and then my family moved to Pennsylvania when I was 10. And so, yeah, I think that you kind of have to be from the East Coast to really. It's true. To really, you know, want to, to really be a fish fan. I don't know. I, and, I Don't quote me on that. You know, I don't want any California <laughs> fish heads coming after me. You, you have to have, I think, some, uh, have spent some time in New York or the East Coast. I mean, obviously, you know, Maine down to about Maryland. Um, is kind of that center of the fish verse. Uh, I have a I have a friend who's from Chicago who is a massive fish fan. Um, but he went to where UVA. does fish originate? They originate in, in, Vermont. in Virginia, Vermont. Vermont, Vermont, Vermont. So he went to UVM, and then he he also went to camp in Maine. And Aaron, I don't know if you went to camp, but like huge fish incubator. Uh, and how old is your brother? Is your brother older? And is he's he, older. Yeah, is he's, he a one point uh, He's a 1.0 for sure. Okay. I think his his first show was probably 93 or 94. And w- where in New York are you from? Long Island and Queens, but yeah. Pennsylvania was Lancaster. So that was more of like a rural kind of uh, you know, young bumpkin scene. Sure. You were probably you were probably bringing fish to the people. You were the fishmonger, if you will. <laughs> so can- I I just want to jump in here real quick and just say that, like, you know, Kenny and I were talking about sort of seminal bands 
because obviously this podcast is about is about 1999 specifically, and it feels like Fish, um, to your point, really kind of come into the mainstream, if you will, in the early to mid 90s, right? And then mm-hmm. 99, they have two albums that come out. They have this the Sicket disc, which Oof. is this. Oof. <laughs> which from what i hear is a real deep cut you got to be a real fan to love i this never album. heard of it until we we looked at this it's entirely instrumental it has a couple lyrics but it's basically just kind of yeah it's sort of a vibe they apparently play it a lot on their tour it's bus vibe. <laughs> i don't know uh and then they did hampton uh hampton comes alive mm-hmm. um which I, I listened to a portion of. I didn't listen to the entire thing because um, I didn't have 10 hours to, right. to dedicate to it. But um, I guess my question to you is, how do you feel like 99 fits into the arc of Fish? Like, where, did, where does that kind of lock into their story? Okay, it's really kind of, it was really kind of interesting for me to think about this and it sort of opened my eyes a little bit to the hate that fish receives because they receive a lot of it. And I think, you know, that's with anything, uh, you know, where people come together and love something and then a bunch of other people don't understand it. Then it's automatically like, you know, Oh, this sucks. Everything sucks. You suck. But okay. So the fascinating thing to me (laughs) Is that you listen to them in 1999? Mm-mm. 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 Not great. Not great. And okay, so I've had this argument. Well, I, that's interesting to me. Is is that is that 94 is great or like mid 2000s okay. are great? Right, let's like, let's walk through. Let's let's walk through the time. My personal time. I want to just make a disclaimer that all of these opinions are my own. Yes. Yes. So Mm -hmm. please, everybody has got their own opinions, but this is my fish process. It's your forum. Get it out. Let's hear it. Okay. So like 1992, they're playing, they're, they're all word of mouth. I mean, everybody who's a fish fan at that time knows about them because tapes are being circulated of their live shows. Um, That's how my brother, that's what I first heard in my brother's Volvo was a live show from, I think, 1993. And, um, you know, they're kind of like eh, blowing up like 94. They're in their stride. They've got their festivals happening. Uh, 1995, I believe they got some radio play. A and, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And also some kind of like mainstream uh, notoriety. Like they were in Rolling Stone. So then they're, they kind of got a little more popular. Then Jerry Garcia died in 1995, which kind of left a big void in that jam world of, you know, people coming together to connect through music. So I think a lot of those people maybe filtered, even though the fish and the grateful dead, the music cannot be any more different. (laughs) But Um, there is a natural association. Like I immediately associate those two bands together, whether that's fair or not. Is it, do you think it's because long songs, fans that follow them around the world, wherever they're tour, like that there's sort of this, a similar feeling. I don't know. Why do you think those two bands are associated? I think it's because the the goal of their shows is 
you know, to have this collective experience, which you could, sure, you could say that that's any music, that's any performer's goal, but like, it, it, I can't explain it. You know, it's just, (laughs) it's a whole thing. It's just a whole thing. But the fans and Aaron, I I wonder if you, sounds like a cult. Well, yeah, I mean, you can, it, it sort of is. It is, but that's not a, that's not a, that's not a bad thing in and of itself, right? Like, uh, Aaron, would you, are you a dead fan as well? Oh my gosh, yes! I never got to see them because so, you know, right? Do, have you seen them since, like uh, the Dead Without Jerry? Like, with- no, I I really like save my money for the shows that I really need to see. I mean, sure. pre-pandemic, you know. Uh, so no, I, I never like needed to see the dead and company. I never like Not felt right. like I needed to see them, so uh, but I, I need to see fish when they come to town. So I want to get into that in a sec. So, but just real quick on the <laughs> fish thing, I've never met a fish fan who isn't also a dead fan. Um, and they just, I okay. I, I <laughs> and, and, and I have no doubt that, you know, so many more than I do. But I'm a Jew from New York, and I went to summer camp. I know tons. And for whatever reason, and I, I agree with you in that their music is nothing. I, I, I met Fish before I met the dead um, because I'm a I'm – a, now I'm 38. So I'm like a nine-year-old camper in 91 when Fish is like cresting among this particular group of people, like 18, 19 – 20-year-old college students from New York and New England, and it's being played all the time. So I never really understood as a younger person like why these people I consider to be very cool and I consider Fish to be a very cool band, like this like grandpa music, uh, The Dead. That's not the way I feel today. That's the way I felt when I was nine. <laughs> because they don't really jive. But I do think like to some extent, Phil, like it's it, there. There are similarities in terms of the jamming, and I think more importantly, it's what you said, Aaron. It's it's a vibe. It's, it's a, an energy. It's, it's a an energy. It's a give and take with the audience and the the band. You know, the audience it's, with Fish. The audience is like the sixth member of the band, and I say sixth because everybody knows that the lighting designer is like the fifth member. Of that's the band. awesome. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a it's not <laughs> a very <laughs> it's not a very elegant it's not a very elegant um, analogy I'm about to make but and bear with me Aaron I mean no ill will this but towards this it's like a person who likes using drugs and wants different trips and fish is its own kind of trip like its own kind of like experience in a way that like. Most bands just aren't. They're a show. And The Dead is its own kind of trip and its own kind of experience. And then there, I guess there are a few other kind of jam bands that might fall into that category, though. I don't think any, like, whoever they would be, be it, like, Disco Biscuits or Blues Travelers or anyone who's ever, like, who's ever, like, come up to the surface or strange folk and been like, we're like these guys, too. It's never been like that for anybody else. But those two are just... The, these like kind of dominant forces on the live music scene. And then the other thing that they do and they, they pioneered before it was cool was um, you can film our, you can tape our shows, right? There's no one worried about piracy, tape our shows, trade the tapes, just come do our shows. Yeah. We'll put out these albums because we have contracts. 
and it's important to like fulfill these contracts and have people pay for these shows. But for the most part, like they're just building a community from day one. And the thing I like about both these bands is it's not cynical in any way. It just is what it's just organic. The only cynicism that is associated with fish are the people that hate fish like that. Like, <laughs> Well, no, actually. Okay. That's not true. Cause if you've ever been on the fish message boards after a show, <laughs> there's some sad, like internet, fish fans <laughs> <laughs> well trey missed a note yeah. in this song and so blah 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 and it wasn't anything to hold a candle to 1994 so you know but like aside from like those internet trolls you'll get that you know, in any cult you'll get that anywhere <laughs> <laughs> truly fish is like one of their one of their uh slogans from one of their festivals has become like such a an important part of like my own creating you know like and performing and stuff is in uh when they had their it festival which there's a great documentary about the whole thing you can watch it uh their whole thing was our intent is purely for your delight and i love that which you can our intent i mean you, is you sent us for you our delight this is for you sent, you. you sent us some links for, for, for at least for me to sort of expose myself to, to some of this, or at least some exposure to fish. Um, and it is palpable. Like just watching these shows that, you know, these YouTube clips of these shows, it really does feel infectious. And you really do feel the energy of these shows just through YouTube, which I can only imagine what it's like to actually physically be there. I mean, it really is. Um, they just want everyone to have a really great time. And, and they're so loyal. Their fans are so loyal. It's like such a, it's such a good give and take. The, the band wants the best for that. They just want to show them a good time. And they know that they like have to keep, they keep setting the bar, you know, it's like they've right. been around for so many years and they keep getting better. I'm telling you, they're, they were playing the best that they've ever played. Like I, I want to say, so like, I still want to get back to this timeline, my timeline of fish. Like, so, okay. So they're blowing up. They're kind of getting this, like a little bit of mainstream attention now, like 96, 97. And I know this because my brother had mentioned this, the show sort of changed a little bit in those years, like maybe 97 ish, 98 because now they're getting this whole new uh, this whole new legion of fans who also like the drugs are getting bad, you know? So it's like, okay, yes, both of these bands are associated with heavy drug use, but like they don't have to be. Okay. But I, that was going to be my question. I had that question for you. This idea of um, do you, I, I, and I, I, I don't, and I say this with no judgment whatsoever. I I don't do drugs because I'm a big wuss and I'm afraid of things, everything. So and, that's, that's and I don't anymore because I don't anymore. Um, <laughs> that's what happens. What's the when question? You, What's the question? What, <laughs> <laughs> but my my question to you is that my question is this. Yeah, my question is this. Do you feel as though the experience? I mean, the experience has to be different, right? I mean, going to see a fish show on drugs as opposed to not. I mean, those are two very different experiences, I would assume. Okay. I also feel like it feeds a little bit into the lyrics because their it, lyrics are very, um, what's, what's the right word? 
uh, I don't want to say nonsensical, but they're very sort of surreal. Dream. So before, be, dreaming. Before yeah. you answer, I just want to make it clear: I wasn't implying that you need to be on drugs. I, it was it was a I'm not either. Just to be clear, do. I'm not. That's, strict, I'm not saying I, that at all. I know Phil is. I wasn't strict allegory. No, like, no, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm really not. <laughs> all right, I'm ahead, asking to delineate between the two experiences if you can. Okay, I was thinking about this a lot because I've seen many shows and I've seen them in many different states of mind. And (laughs) it's just like eating dessert, you know, the dessert is always good. You know, you can, you know, you're going for a brownie Sunday, you know, that you're in the mood for brownie Sunday, you're going to get that brownie Sunday, no matter what, it's going to taste so good. But if you show up to the diner, and somebody's like, hey, you want a little whipped cream on your Sunday? <laughs> then you might be like, yeah, you know what? This Sunday is already so good. But if I put a little whipped cream on it, what's what's the harm in that? You know, and then it tastes, it's, it's, just, it's just a whole new uh, taste. I thought it's you were going to say, then eat it. And it is much better, <laughs> which it is. But all right. So, Aaron, I, be, before we. Get too far afield. I want to continue on the timeline because I think yeah, this the is timeline. really fascinating. I think it's pretty important. Um, so, okay. So this new infiltration of fans. So, okay. There's also like sort of a divide that I've seen personally in fans that are there for the music and the experience and people that are just there for the drugs. Now, I'm saying that because I've been to a lot of the shows I was I went to were in Camden, New Jersey, which is typically one of the druggiest parking lots you can go to. Cause there's always, you know, the lot scene before the shows. That's that theater right on the water, right? Yeah. That's half outside, half inside. Yeah. I love it's that great. theater. That's the first Camden place I is, saw them. Camden's the fucking worst, but that place is great. It's I have a story about that. Go ahead. Beautiful venue. That's the yeah. first place I saw fish in 2003, July, 2003. And that's the last place I saw them July, 2019. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a really like, special place. However, the parking lot, the porta potties, the worst of any venue I've been to. Yeah. I will I have said this for years and I'm sorry, I'm going to go a little blue. But I can <laughs> I can take a shit anywhere. Good for you. Because, because my first fish show in 2003 in Camden, New Jersey, I am telling you the porta potties was it was a row of nightmares. Every single one you opened up. No! No! <laughs> a, guy, a guy came out of oh, one and no. goes, There's a shitting bandit in this parking lot. Somebody was shitting on the floor in every single oh. I ended up in one of the porta potties that was like a trough. It was like a three-sided porta potty for men with like a urinal trough i like oh. hoisted my ass over the trough <laughs> oh, no. there was rat candy wrappers everywhere it was the worst bathroom experience ever and it you know it made me that much stronger. i would made you i was gonna say it made you much stronger it seems in that same vein the mm-hmm. camden parking lot is also the scariest as far as drug use Um, and like, this is what I noticed. I noticed it my very first concert. I was like, okay, there's people here that 
are obviously here for the band and they're going to enhance it with a little whipped cream, you know, but then there's other people that are just here to like get nasty on whipped cream and like those, (laughs) and you don't want to be near those people, you know? And like, I, I remember my first show, you know, I was out on the lawn and, and I was way more anxious then than I am now, but like, you know, being in crowds, obviously it's something that's part of going to a concert, but I need to feel safe everywhere I go, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I want to feel safe at this show. So I'm looking around me and it's like, okay, these people are cool. These people are cool. Oh, these people are snorting off of their keys and like, they're not paying attention. So I just moved away from them. I was like, I don't want to spend my show next to these people that are just, you know, that was was 03, right? That was 03, right? 2003. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing. Just, I just want to stop for a second because we're right around 99 and it's an interesting thing because what you're describing to me is, you know, when cocaine came back, not just like in concerts, like in the country, cocaine Mm -hmm. was dead in the nineties. People did not use the drug. People used ecstasy. People got high. People used pills, but cocaine was not a drug. That was used. I mean, it was used, but it wasn't like it was in the 80s or in the 2000s. So fish was – and again, I don't want to make this about drugs because it is kind of like boring and reductive. But like it does matter to some extent. No, it definitely does. It it does. And fish coincided. Fish's rise because they they kind of had their first album in 89. I mean, they were playing before that, but their first album that like went beyond Vermont came out in 89 that coincided with like the rise of pot the rise of mushrooms the beginning of ecstasy the beginning of other you know psychedelic drugs that were were pill based and suited their music a little better than cocaine so i think what happened in around 2003 even before that i think no doubt, no doubt. In the two, th- it really. It, I mean, you know, I was in college two thousand and two thousand four, uh, and I mean, I know when I was doing cocaine, and I know when I was not. And like, I, I'm confident. I know when. I hope this. I mean, there are some people who never should have fucking heard that, but um, but I, I know when it happened. Like to some extent, I know it was like kind of readily available to people who were who weren't actively looking for it. So around two thousand two, so. There were people in 2003, 2004 who just got fucking lost and didn't understand like the right venues for certain things and the wrong venues for certain things. And Fish is just the wrong venue to be using uppers like that. That's just not it's, – it's, it's just not conducive to that environment. You want to do that, the EDM is taking off. Go to the club. Have fun yeah. somewhere else. But like I do think that that's an element. Now, the other thing that I, I want to say around 99 – um, to just kind of bear down on my my fish story, which I'll get to over the course of this podcast, was I've never been to a fish concert. I've never, uh, I've never actively like considered myself a fish fan. Um, I've listened to every fish album a lot, and um, I know the Even band. The sick of disc. Never the sick of disc. <laughs> Every, 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 uh, every album except the sick of disc. Okay. Um, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm from New York. Uh, I went to camp. I'm friends with a lot of Jews. I am Jewish. Uh, 
I've friends with a lot of kids who play lacrosse. There's a lot of, lot of crossover there. And I sang acapella. So a lot of crossover there. A lot of my, so Fish had this other weird thing where there were a lot of jocks who were involved, who were into it too. It's true. Like a lot of like lacrosse bros, but even like football players, soccer players. So there's a big jock contingent. A lot of my friends were jocks. A big like theater kid contingent. A lot of my friends were like kind of played there. And like kids who played in bands and I always played in bands. So in 99, uh, like my friends who went to like fish, you know, five times a year were like, this is a joke. You have to come. Like, what are you doing with your life? So I was going to go to a show in Camden, New Jersey, which is like two hours from my house uh, with my girlfriend at the time and all of my friends who were in, you know, my acapella group. And I got arrested the night before and I couldn't go. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like I saved fish by not going because I don't think you want me at that concert. I think I am the kind of person who would get there and just want to eat the whipped cream. And I think it's I, important. I, I hate that kind of person. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I didn't show up. So I think it's important to delineate between, uh, as I said at the beginning, like I'm the kind of fan, fish fan. I think fish fans hate because like I'm dipping my toe in the water. Whereas for most of my friends who are fish fans, it goes way beyond, you know, even a band that I love, like I'm crazy about the White Stripes. I think it's a, I think it's a twentieth of what you have for Fish. I think it's a fiftieth of what you have for Fish. And I think the interesting thing about Fish, because it's interesting that one of the first things you said to me was there are a lot of haters. What I've always kind of respected about Fish fans versus Dave Matthews fans Oof. is Dave Matthews fans. All right, there you go. Dave Matthews is is inundated with a ton of hate. Dave Matthews fans are very embarrassed by that. And they're they won't they won't tell people they're going to a show and they won't wear the shirt and they've renounced them 15 years ago and only since it was in Ladybugger. Like, you know, I I've always liked Dave Matthews. Um and Ladybird, I mean. Whereas fish fans never let the hate get to them. You wear the shirt out, you put the you 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 let people know I'm going to fish the next three nights at Madison Square Garden. That's how I'm spending, that's how I'm spending my new year. Fuck you. Um, I think that's always been cool about fish where like the typical pop culture hate has never pierced this bubble. Um, and I do always kind of feel like another thing about my friends who are really into fish, not all of them, but some of them were not into anything else. Like they didn't have any other favorite bands except for maybe the dead or maybe a few other jam bands. They didn't like movie. My best friend growing up was a huge fish fan. The kid, his favorite, his favorite movie was like The Last Castle by Peter Berg. He had seen like seven movies. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of movies. <laughs> can I just, I, I just want to, I, I want to ask a, you I ask a question. I have, I have a question for you, Aaron, which yes. is, um, because I'm trying to sort of figure out what it is about this band that that hits as hard as it does. And, and, I, and I'm assuming that obviously the live experience is a big part of it. But taking the live experience out of it for a second, what do you think it is purely about their music that is that people love so much? Um, and you're taking because- away the whole live experience. Well, that's I'm just I'm trying to separate I'm trying to separate the two things because there's a part of me that's like it, I know you can't I'm not I'm not yeah. saying that they're not they're but not you infused. Really can't. I, I understand that this specific band that that's a hard thing to do, but with most bands, 
right? Like the albums speak for themselves and the live experience speaks for itself, right? And they feed each other to a certain degree. But it feels like with this band, and perhaps this is the answer to my question, and maybe I'm answering my own question, is that the live experience has such a communal, this, this, this like body of people that it, that that is the thing that's the lightning in a bottle that's the thing that people love so much about this band which is completely fair i just don't know if you agree or if the music itself i mean you've heard all their albums you love all their albums but the live experience to you speaks more than the albums themselves so here's the thing here's the thing uh okay i i think you can (laughs) it's just like a little confusing because you can you can have never been to a fish show, but you have still probably heard their live stuff just because there's so much of it out there. So Mm -hmm. are you also taking away the live? uh, No, no, no. I'm not taking away the bootlegs or the, or the live sort of. I'm just, I'm, I think that uh, I've always said, you can't really form an opinion on fish until you have seen them live. Because it's just, that's just how it is. I'm sorry. You, you can't listen to their <laughs> albums and make a judgment because it's like two separate things. Okay. Um, but I do think there is, some, like, I like their music. You know, I, I don't, I don't listen to their studio albums anymore, but I used to. And they made me happy, you know, like they're just right. kind of silly and. Not all of them, right? Not like- all of them. Billy Breathes is great. Billy Breathes is, uh, you know, if you just want to be like, yeah, let me hear an album that you like. I love Billy Breathes. It's a lot. It's very quiet at times. There's some harmonies. Um, That's a great album to listen to. The Story of the Ghost is a pretty good album. You know, like they have good albums, but the music in the bootlegs and just whether you're seeing them live or not, for me personally, I can put on a live show and really, f- for me, it's hard for me to focus on anything. I really can't focus on anything. But if I'm listening to a show, I can hear the piano. I can hear the bass. You know, there's always something to focus on. And 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 I've heard some of these shows over and over and over again. I mean, I replay ones that I've been to. I have different ones that I listen to for different moods. And like, it takes me there. I put it on and I'm there. And I just don't know if you can really say that about a lot of other things. And can I ask you, can I ask you another question, Aaron, about the, about the albums just very quickly? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't know that. Would you say that you prefer the live recordings to their studio albums. 100%. Absolutely. So that's also an anomaly too. There aren't there aren't that many bands, I think anyway, where there are people that would rather put on a live album there's, or a live recording. There's no fish fan who who yeah. even there's no fish fan who even considers putting on a studio album over a live <laughs> album. <laughs> oh. oh shit. <laughs> Oh shit! Listen, I just because we're we have nothing to do with our lives these days. I was just going through all of my CDs. I just did a mm-hmm. huge CD mm-hmm. reorganization, and did right. I keep every studio album? Yeah, I did. Did I also, for some reason, have three Junta Disc Ones? 
You literally just said you don't listen to the studio albums anymore. No, no, no. I said I asked her if she liked the live albums versus. No, the she said, "Do I listen to them anymore?" No. no. We can go back. She, you literally said it, so you can run okay. me all day. It's going to be that kind of podcast. That's fine with me. Let's well, get into it a little bit, okay? Here we I go. Love- I've been, I've been very defer, I've been very deferential. But here's the thing. If you saw your first show in 2003, you missed Fish. That's my understanding. Whoa! Oh, no, 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 There's no question about that. There's no question about that. All right, so first... Let me just say, that sounds like something somebody would say who hasn't seen them beyond 2010. Because I'm telling you, they are as... They are better than they've ever been. There's no question that they're still rocking. I'm not saying no, that they're not. You have no idea. There is no question that they are I'm still. Heated. I'm getting I can, heated here. I can tell. I can tell because you've decided to make this heated, which I don't understand. But it's what I do under what I do un- hold on. What no no Phil. What I do understand and what I keep trying to to point at is and Phil, you're 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 in you're kind of insistence on asking about the studio albums and how they're different from other bands is listen to Aaron right now talk about fish this is not a band this is not a band this is a way of life there is something about this band and this movement that does not feel you are the world's biggest Bjork fan I've ever met you love Bjork your love of Bjork doesn't fill a thimble Compared to Aaron's love of fish, and I know, but 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 you but you have to like let me get this out. Doesn't fit a thimble compared to Aaron's love of fish. And Aaron, as far as I can tell, is about a fifty percent fish fan. I'm not saying you're not fifty in your heart. I'm saying of the scale of people I've met, you're about fifty. But I, I can I just I just I no, wanna, no, no, I just no, no, wanna, no. I want Phil, stop, 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 stop. Don't come up. So here, so here's what I'm, I'm getting at is like you cannot even start to talk about this band the way you talk about other bands it's it's the inverse right you start from the inverse which is like when i grew up and probably the reason i'm not more into fish when i grew up it was inculcated into me that if you want to be into fish you have to be into the live shit so phil remember when pearl jam put out like 80 live albums imagine that is where you have to start on Pearl Jam. You have to listen to all 80 of those albums. That's the be- that is your Bible. Not their like seven studio or their 12 studio albums. That is your Bible, but it's not 80. It's 800. It's like 8,000. Like I bet Aaron right now could name you every show they've ever, co- every album they've ever covered on Halloween. Right, Aaron? I wouldn't say every album, but head, right? when I have a question, I want to know what you're basing my 50% fandom on, because is it, because like, you don't know what's going on in my heart. You don't know what's going on in my heart. When I listen to those shows, having, 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 ne- having never seen, well, it's not about heart. It's not about heart. Um, Cause I think you're a hundred percent fish fan in your heart. And I actually think all fish fans are hundred percent fish fans. It's like, in their heart. it's like all or nothing. You're all or nothing. That's how I, I feel. Think- so that's that is not what I. That's not what I'm judging on. Like I, I, I think if you read about fish, the thing you will hear over and over again is religious experience, religious experience, religious experience. And if you feel that way about any other band, I feel like I mean maybe it's true the dead, and there are other things that like that that engender this kind of like feeling. But like, I've never had a religious experience with another band. 
So are basing it solely on the fact that you came to the party in 2003. That's it. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. That's it. That's That's all I'm basing it on. But you wouldn't be here if you were a 100% fish fan of your heart. I get that. I I mean, I... Okay. So let's all just take a second. Let's all just... I'm naturally naturally heated. Like, please. No, (laughs) I... I, And and I... I, This wasn't... I didn't. But we it, obviously didn't bring you on here to to, to litigate your fandom. No, 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 no. no. But, but that's good. This is good because I have to. I, 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 I don't. I mean, I don't mean to like, like, I don't mean to tell you how to do the podcast, Phil. But like, this isn't a band. Like, like that's the thing that I'm so interested in. All right. So when I, I suggested this out, this this band, right? Because when I look back at the landscape of 1999 and think about what my friends were listening to and why I feel like. I didn't have a lot of friends who were re, who were watching what I was watching, listening to what I was listening to, outside of like straight up film nerds. It's because my best friends were all listening to Fish. They were all listening to Fish, and what was that thing that was happening and continues to happen to this day to the point where I just a little anecdote. I was on vacation with a family friend, like our oldest family friend. And her husband is in his fifties. So in ninety, he was, he's fifty, I think. So in in nineteen ninety, he was like twenty. So he was really there the beginning. This guy got up at seven o'clock, and we're there. It's over Christmas. Every day they played an MSG to listen to a bootleg of that show from the last night. This guy can't talk to you about anything else in pop culture. But he sat there for hours by the pool. I was just like, I'm just listening with his, with his AirPods in. I'm just listening to the fish show. I'll be with you when I'm done. It is. I, there's nothing to explain that kind of, there's nothing to compare it to. Do you, are you the same Aaron? Do you listen to those shows next day? I was just reminded when I saw them, I saw them on Halloween in Vegas in 2018. What'd they play? What'd they play? They, Oh God, they, it's a whole it's, thing. I'm it's, not testing they, her, Phil. I promise you. She, create, she knows why I asked. They create. So normally on their Halloween shows, they will they'll play three sets. And the second set, they will cover an album. That's what I was and it's, it's always a big mystery. What are they going to do? What are they going to play? They've done the White Album. They've done Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. They've done lots of stuff. Uh, this, in 2018... It was like, we found this old record of this Norwegian funk band. And basically they I made know the story. Yeah. They made up an entire fake band. They put out they wrote all these songs and then made this whole prank. It was a prank. It was like they had this whole paper trail. Like if you looked up, I can't remember. It's like Kavast's Nacht or something. I cannot remember the name of the album. But if you like tried to look it up, there was they like set it up like an internet paper trail of like the history of this band. And it was just a big prank. It was just a new album from them playing for the first time. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool because like, you know, again, there's all these fish internet nerds that are like, think that they know what's going on before <coughs> yeah <Excuse me. clears throat> before it's actually I, happening so 
You know what's gonna, fucking cool about that story? I want to on that oh, for a sec because oh, – Hang on. You know what's cool about that story, Aaron, is they did it for you, like you said. Yeah. They did it for the fans. They've been – this is on some like comic book shit, right, where they have been building a mythology for 30 years and building joke upon joke and riff upon riff and idea upon idea. I mean you can get the game engine. I'm sure you can talk about it for fucking hours, right? Idea upon idea upon idea where you get to 2018. It's not for anybody anymore except the fans, but it's so for the fans. Like that's such an exciting moment for everybody. So I, I think like Phil, you know how like I bitched about Ocean's 12 not being for the fans and I really like kind of like in my heart, even though I think it's a good movie, I feel like kind of on some fuck you shit because you just you made this really this really um, popular movie that so many people love, and then you purposely made a movie that they would hate. That's the opposite of what Fish does. Fish is yeah. just building up shit for their people, and I think that's really, I truly think that's really, really fucking cool, and it's also alienating for people who are not involved, which I think is fine. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty true. But Because, you know, my brothers, my older brother and my little brother went to a show when I had first moved out to California. So it was like probably 2009. And I was so jealous that they were going. Um, and it was the night before Thanksgiving. And they were taking, they had an extra ticket and they were taking my dad. And I was like, I can't believe my brothers and my dad are going to be going to see fish. And so the next day I couldn't wait to talk to my dad. I was like, what'd you think? What'd you think? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. I felt like, you know, I was like in a club, uh, but uh, I'm not a member, you know, freezer with the tweezers. the guy the guy plays one note everybody goes nuts (laughs) it's true that i you know i love fish fans i love i really do like there's a lot of fish fans like i said the ones that are just going there for the whipped cream and you know whatever but like there are some real fish fans who are just so unafraid to geek out over the love, like for the love of this band. And like, I love watching old shows when they cut, like you could see the audience shots and everybody, I mean, everybody is smiling. Everybody's having a good time. I always say, if you don't like fish or if you don't understand fish, you don't like enthusiasm, I guess. Because well, it's like, but it does. It's really I, I, what it is. In, de- in defense of the people who don't like it is intimidating to get into it so like it is like it's a big it's 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 a big kind of like like hall to start with that band particularly if you kind of go into it knowing how much you're how much this could take over your life and obviously everyone who's done it like you are like everyone who's done it feels the way you do as far as i can tell which is like this is vital like this is a vital part of my life and I couldn't be happier that I've done it. But um, but yeah, I think for other people, like it does feel like, am I gonna be letting this club? Like, is this gonna am I gonna have to listen to I, I don't think I don't really think I don't know anybody who's thinking like that. But you, you know what now think well, I don't think you need to be like that because I don't think it is a I don't think it's an exclusive club. You know, anybody can anybody can join. You just have to have an open heart. 
I, I, That's adorable. I, I, but I hear that I hear that from someone I hear that from someone inside the club already. But no matter what, when you're on the outside, it is like the two easy with the freezer thing. I like I get where your dad is coming from. Well, but that's I not went, super important. It's not it's not super relevant to no. me. But like that, like it's the 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 journey of the of the journey of the person who didn't get into fish. I don't really care about. Like it's the journey of the person who did get in the fish that I think is incredibly interesting, particularly in this pop culture landscape. And like one other thing, I want to know what you think about this, Aaron. Like so many things, like fish fandom. Uh, just for instance, things like and take it all with a grain of salt. They're obviously not perfect, but like things like you know people who are obsessed with comic books, or people who are obsessed with video games, or people who are obsessed with um, Marvel movies, or anything like that. Uh, there's always a level of uh, it's 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 the domain of dorks, right? It's what mm-hmm. dorks do. Fish has always been what cool kids do. No, fish are all right, um, go ahead. fish are nerds. Fish are nerds. If you not, look not at them, I was growing up. At, maybe maybe you, Trey's a nerd, but the fans never were nerds, as far as I was concerned. I think that maybe it's different everywhere you grow up because well, in I mean I wouldn't say the yeah I don't know I think they tend to be more of the nerds. They're more of the they're more of the band geeks and the theater kids. You know, like sometimes. there is that there is that section of jocks that are I, their I, fans, I, but. I think I also so feel like they're for I, the nerds. Yeah, it, I'll say this, and again, this is just from my perspective. The people that I saw being into fish um, tended to be more on the theater side of things than on the jock side of things. It's not to say that there weren't jocks that were into them. I have no doubt that there were, and I and I fully. Um, I had a similar experience to Kenny's. You know, I went to summer camp. I went to a primarily Jewish summer camp. So there was a lot of kids listening to Fish up there. There were a lot of kids listening to Dave Matthews Band. Um, you know, it, it was very much sort of that ilk. Um, but they tended to be uh, either free-spirited people or, you know, sort of intellectual types that were into sort of all the various layers of this music and all the various things that they were doing commentary on. Um, you know, I... I but I also sort of understand where Kenny's coming from in the sense that it all felt very overwhelming to me in the sense of just the sheer magnitude of it. Um, so I felt like, and I don't th- think that this is the fans' fault. I agree with you that I it's think that more time. No, I don't think it is at all. Yeah, like, I agree thing. with you, Aaron, that I think that it's very much like open arms, come yeah. in, the party, like we want you. Um, but I think that the sheer enormity of it sure. made me feel like, how do I even get locked into this in any real way? Yeah. Well, I, I took a friend in 2013. Uh, we were up in San Francisco seeing some other shows. And I was like, look, if if I take care of all the dirty work, will you come see fish with me? And he was like, he'd never seen them. He didn't even really know much about them. He just knew that I loved them. And he was like, That's all cool. right, sure. So we had the best time. I mean, all... All we, it was, they played at a small venue in San Francisco and, you know, there's that whole like community scene before the show where everybody's just like walking around, selling merch, selling snacks, all this stuff. And everywhere we went, every person we talked to, I'd be like, this is his first show. And everybody was like, oh my God, like it it was so, he felt like he was like, I I, I felt like a a celebrity. It was just my first show, you know? (laughs) And, and Afterward, like, so they start playing, we're in the venue, 
And I like maybe three songs in, I just look over at him and he's just giggling. He's just like cracking up. And I was like, okay, cool. He's into it. And afterwards I was like, so what did you think? And he's like, well, he's like, I'm in a really good mood. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, okay, great. Then we had that perfect. Great. I don't think that's an unusual experience like that. Like I was when, then when I got arrested that before I was going to go, I was mostly going because my friends were like, you're going like, that's the end of it. You're going. So I think that that's a thing that happens like a lot, particularly. And it's interesting that your brother, it sounds like your brother got you into it because it seems like, Sort at of, least but not bro- really. It, he it intrig- like be, I was, yeah. It seems to be something that is generally passed out, and it, uh, maybe this is just my experience with it. But it always seemed like on that almost famous Zoe, Zoe Deschanel, listen to this, you know, listen to these albums type thing. That it mm-hmm. always is passed down from cooler older kids to their younger mm-hmm. siblings and younger kids they like. Because when I was going, I was going, you know, with with kids two years older than me because. Like there was just a group, like a very large group of people in my high school who kind of like made it a point to to go to a show. So there are two things I wanted to kind of ask you because I think it's kind of interesting. One is um, when I said Dave Matthews, you vomited in your mouth. Dave uh-huh. Matthews, dry humps, fish, fox. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about the, talk to me about because I, I think the, the enough hate, said. The Honestly, hate, enough said. <laughs> all right, that's then I'll try to talk about it. The um the, the there was a time in the nineties before probably crash when the fan bases Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If they weren't, overlapped which they weren't there was a pretty significant venn diagram overlap between the two yeah. groups i never and understood why there was, the music couldn't think- be the music couldn't be more different i totally agree with you but there was always a little overlap between these people and then dave became dave like there's just like he became this one word guy and his own celebrity and he definitely went you know way more mainstream with the videos on mtv and whatnot and uh, the people who like Dave Matthews now like speak about it in very hushed tones. Like you almost need like yeah. like, a, like a support group for Dave well, Matthews yeah. fans. He's kind of an asshole. I mean, <laughs> oh, it, it, he's but he's just not cool. Like just yeah. in the end of the day, he's just not cool. So I just it, is there. I mean, is there anything beyond that? Like because when you say it's interesting because when you say Dave dry humps and fish fucks, 
I just it's don't not- like his music. I don't like his music. I don't like his voice. Did you come? Right, so here's a good. Did you come up with that, or or is that uh, something people? I came said? up with this. I came up with that on the pot. Like oh, the okay. second you mentioned Dave Matthews, enough, I said enough. need to remember that. <laughs> fair enough. I assume, I, I I assumed that that was like an like an idea when people compare um, them, but very. Good. I was just waiting for the perfect opportunity to say the it. Dave got. <laughs> Here's the other thing that I that that I would really want your take on, Aaron. Are you said you don't lot, watch a lot of movies, but I'm sure you mm-hmm. do, right? Not just like the lunatics in Hollywood, but like sure. to some extent you watch movies, right? And TV, yeah, sure. And I know a lot of f- big fish fans in Hollywood, big fish fans, right? I like a lot of people, creative executives, directors, and whatnot. Why? Isn't there more of a crossover when it comes to putting fish stuff in other mediums? Like like the way – and it's not a great example, but the way Greta Gerwig used Crash Into Me in Lady Bird. Like fish culture was so – and like the dead is all over pop culture, right? So like uh-huh. fish culture was so – Big in 1990, they played fucking out. They played shows for 75,000 people three nights in a row. I mean, they sold what? out Madison Square Garden for 13 nights in 2017. They're still doing it. And the people who and the people the who record. like and the people who like fish are not like the people who like insane clown posse. They're people with jobs. <laughs> They're people with you know who like. And I don't mean that about insane clown posse, but like insane clown posse does not cater to people who generally are in the or insane class clown posse does this too right they still have a rabid enormous fan base but like i understand why they have not crossed over with mainstream media you never is i mean the easy thing is this fish not license its songs for shit but like another thing is like i feel like a movie or a show in 1999 that it's certainly something that's set in like you know, the northeast if you don't mention fish like you are not telling the story <sighs> I, 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 mean, I also sure. – do you think that it has – I mean, as I mentioned, I don't know anything about this band. So, I mean, truthfully, I couldn't name their big singles. Like I, if you played some for me and I know you sent us some clips and I'm not sure if those are like their biggest songs. I, I, I can't really speak to that. My question is more sort of did they, did they ever have songs that really broke through? Like songs that everyone's like, like – and I hate to make this association because we all know how we all feel about Dave Matthews Band, but like Crash Into Me was a fucking big song. Like you put that in Lady Bird because it's a song that everybody knows and there's a nostalgia factor. And everybody factor dry humped too. And everybody dry That's humped true. to it. True. Um, it's true. But, but, well, every, well, I, and again, I'm not, Wilson. <laughs> I'm not necessarily writing for that song, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> what's the, what is the fish equivalent to that song? To your point, Kenny, that like you could have it as a needle drop in a movie and people would go like, oh, fuck, that's probably, a moment. Probably bouncing around the room. I mean, that's a song that everybody knows. Do you know it, Phil? If you played it for me, I, I might. I don't I don't know it just based on the name of the song. It's, it's not funny. so much. Go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say it's funny. Whenever I would date somebody who would find out I was a fish fan, I could tell if they were actually a fish fan or if they were just trying to act like they could relate to me <laughs> by how they would read and and let me tell you the slimiest so great the slimiest chumps 
that I ended up dating were always the ones who'd say, oh, yeah, bouncing around the room. <laughs> like, you're, yeah, that's that's one of their songs. <laughs> but, I, but I think that this this kind of hones in on on what you're talking about, Kenny, and what you're also talking about, Aaron, obviously, is that the experience of the band, it, 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 it transcends for all intents and purposes, the songs themselves. Yeah. So like, okay, here's a, here's a good way to sort of look at it again, going back to the timeline that we started with. So we started talking about is in, there's a a documentary called bittersweet motel that I really love Mm -hmm. that like sort of shows fish on this European tour in like 1996 or so. And he's even talking about how like, once once they you know hit the media everything kind of just cha- like they he says they thrive when no one's paying attention to them and then the second that they start getting some attention uh that's sort of so i think that's when sort of things went awry so i think jerry garcia died this whole new wave of kind of people looking for something that that they are missing comes in the drugs kind of get bad. The scene kind of, kind of gets bad. The music gets really spacey and experimental. And some people love that. My friend Joe, who I saw fish with in Vegas, which I wanted to say the day after that show, we wake up, we're hungover. We're driving from Vegas to LA. The first thing we do is put in last night's show. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the first thing we do. Amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just think that because this is a 1999 podcast, I there's so many things here that I want to say about it. So I really think that they sort of shifted in those years and the drugs started getting bad. I think they stopped having fun. And Phil, some of those songs that I sent you, I sent you because you can actually hear the difference yep. in t- the year 2000 of them playing a song and then the year 2010. It's like, and in 1994, so like 1994, they've got a song and you can hear it. they're having fun. It's not perfect. There's mistakes. It's a little clunky, but the energy is there. The crowd is loving it. They're having a great time. You listen to that same song in the year 2000 and it's almost like there's one part where Trey sounds angry. Like I really like was like, okay, I have to listen to Fish in 99 and 2000 now before this podcast. And I'm so glad I did because it sort of helped me recognize like why so many people might not even like fish. You know, they have a couple of years that are like, eh, this is, yeah, I don't know what's really going on here. And my boyfriend, when we first met, you know, he was one of those people who's like, Oh yeah, fish. I, instead of saying, instead of busting <laughs> out the name of a song that everyone knows, he one upped everybody else and said, Oh yeah, I saw them once. And I was like, when? Where? How? <laughs> he said he couldn't really remember, but he saw. He's like, I think it was in the year two thousand, and I just go, Oh yeah, that wasn't really a good time. And he like laughed, like he didn't really believe me. And I was almost like, Well, yeah, I don't really have anything to back that up. But once I like delved into that time period, it all made perfect sense. It's like they stopped having fun. They they've been doing this for years. They're getting too into drugs, so naturally. They're going to take a break. They take a break. They come back. They're great. They're like kind of stronger than ever. They play for like maybe a year and a half. And then the drugs 
Trey's getting real bad with the drugs again. And then they decide to, to quit forever. And everybody thinks it's the end. And people lost 2000... their shit. Hmm? People lost their shit. People, really it, was like, it was like mourning a fucking, it was like mourning a friend. I, I remember. Uh, yeah. And they had, they, they culminated, you know, the last tour with a big festival that they always have these big festivals in these big abandoned, uh, you know, aircraft spaces. Uh, but this particular one got like so much, there was like a mud storm and they had to close the street to get there. And so many people had to like, it was not a good experience for anybody. And I remember coming back to work, I worked at a country club and one of the cooks, this little guy, Maddie, uh, was a huge fan and he had all of his wristbands on from the show. And I was like, Oh my God, dude, how was Coventry? And he was like, I'm done. I'm done with them. That's it. It's, I'm glad they're done. They're over. And he was like so pissed. And I was like, why do you still have the wristbands on? Like, you're obviously not done. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I I don't think that anybody thought that they would come back after that. And I remember thinking, oh God, I, my, so I moved to California in 2008. And I remember saying to everybody before I left, my biggest fear about moving across the country is that fish is going to reunite and that they're only going to have an East coast tour. And then lo and behold, they announced in 2000, the end of 2008, they're coming back one night, one night only in Hampton Coliseum. And I'm like, fuck. And that's another another video clip I sent you is if you look up, if you search on YouTube for fish Hampton, 2009 Fluffhead, it's their first song back after five years in a kind of a small venue Everybody is so stoked for them to come on. The first note that they play, it's like the crowd is, okay, they walk on the stage. The crowd is already like, oh, yeah, oh. The first note, it's like, oh, my God, are they playing Fluffhead? Fluffhead is like their free bird. I mean, you go to a fish show, everybody's yelling, Fluffhead, Fluffhead, Fluffhead. They open with Fluffhead. The crowd <laughs> I get, I got goosebumps. Oh, this I wasn't, is amazing. I wasn't even there, and that video gives me goosebumps. <laughs> Tell me another band that can do that, you know? And so, luckily, I didn't get to see them in Hampton, but they ended up coming to California in October of 2009 and doing their Halloween festival in California. So I got to go to that, and that was great. But can I just? Can wow. I just? Um, I want to piggyback very quickly on, on your timeline for a second. 60% here, to... Aaron, you're at 60. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want, I want to say this. Um, uh, just to hone in on 99 for a second here. Yeah. Uh, they, they released this Sick It disc. It's their eighth studio album. But it really uh, doesn't re- count. Like, but it's let, just... Me just, let me just at least okay. explain this album. Okay. Uh, they released it in July of 99 through their website and mailover service. It's released commercially through Electra on November 7th, 2000. Uh, it's completely experimental. It was recorded during the sessions for the story of the ghost, which was this album, I guess, that came out in 98. Um, you know, it, it's 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 named after the engineer and mixer John Sickett, who apparently did the album for what that's worth. Um, they also follow the release with Hampton Comes Alive, which is a six disc box set released in November of 99, which contained the entirety of the performances from November 21st and 22nd of 98 at the Hampton Coliseum in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, 
And then uh, to celebrate the millennium, Fish hosted a two-day outdoor festival at the Big Cypress Seminole Indian Reservation in Florida in December 99. The festival's climactic New Year's Eve concert, referred to to the fans as simply the show, (laughs) started at 11.35 p.m. on December 31st and continued until sunrise January 1st, 2000, approximately eight hours later. The band's performance of the song Heavy Things at the festival was broadcast live as part of ABC's 2000 Today Millennium uh, coverage, giving the band their biggest television audience up to that point. 75,000 people attended the sold-out two-day festival. In 2017, Rolling Stone named the Big Cypress Festival one of the greatest concerts in the last 50 years. Wow. So, like, it's it's crazy, all of that. But what I kind of want to piggyback on what you're saying, Aaron, is that this is them – kind of not at their best right like yeah. this is them this is still like they're fucking killing it people are loving what they're bringing to the to the stage and yet at the same time this is perhaps them at at their lowest creative point which i think is interesting well i i, I want to say one thing before you continue with that just from a from a kind of broader mainstream perspective of where sure. they were at this time because you brought up earlier the idea of what would be that needle drop and like what would be the song mm-hmm. people know and like I totally understand bouncing around the room but like they did put out one uh video and the one down video is down with disease. Never so saw down it. with disease, I never saw it either. Down with disease was uh <laughs> off hoist and hoist is ninety four, right, Aaron? Uh, I'm not sure. I think, but like that area, so. that that yeah. so so in ninety four, someone in the fish world or the, the fish brain trust decided to actively take a shot and then they pulled way back right one that was it just one one video and they didn't it seems like they didn't like the feel of that i also want to say in 2000 when farmhouse came out Mm. that was the only time i remember fish having a big marketing push behind their album they were they played i think they played farmhouse on letterman which was not something that like I think was happening a lot and they were all over the place to some extent. It reminds me a lot of, uh, and and their subsequent like kind of hiatus that seems to be, you know, a burnout to some extent. It reminds me a lot of what happened with Chappelle where Chappelle was doing his own shit for a long time. And then like, I don't, it's not so much the wrong type of fans, but just it became this thing where it was no longer like, his and people are yelling it's i'm rick james bitch and all that shit at him and i think he was just like i've had enough i'm i'm gonna leave for a while and it seems like fish i think it seems to me like fish was like all right we have two options we can continue on the trajectory where we're like within the next five years we might be the biggest band in the world which is legit like when you have that kind of massive following and then you push this is what happened like arcade fire and Radiohead, where like they had a massive following before they like started putting out these big fucking studio albums that would hit number one and then they would sell out and then for a period of time their best biggest band in the world. I think that really could have happened for Fish. And I think they really didn't like the idea of they totally want, changing. Think, yeah, no I don't chance. Think they wanted that. I think they and, walked away particularly because that it was that or it was take steps back. Well, it's interesting too, like you know, with with comedy and stuff, I like I don't want to talk too much about this, but for a while there, I was getting really bored with 
my comedy. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm sick of telling these jokes. I'm sick of talking about this stuff. And then my friend was like, I think you should take this class. You should take this clown class. And I was like, that sounds like a nightmare. But (laughs) she was like, look, I know how it sounds. She's like, but I'm also really bored. And this has been the best thing for me performance wise. So I take this clown class with this guy, Phil Burgers, and it sort of changed my whole life. And a lot of the concepts that I learned in that class, I'm always just like, that's fish. That's fish. It's really like, it's, it's about like, you know, with stand up, it's like, I'm talking about myself. You have to listen to me talk about me right now. But with clowning, it's like, I'm going to take you on a ride. Do you like where I'm going? Okay. You like, I'm going to go there. We're going to keep going. You like this ride I'm taking you on? Hell yeah. Let's go further. You know, it's like, it's an experience. It's, it's a partnership with the audience. Whereas stand up is just like, eh, you listen to me, you know? And I think that's really cool about them. And I think that when I listen to some of their stuff in 2000, in the year 2000 or 99, even this, this came to me when I was listening to this stuff for this podcast. There's one song where Trey is singing. I think it's Wilson from the year 2000 or 99. And there's a part where he just sounds angry. And it reminds me so much of like myself or my friends when I see them do comedy and I can tell that they're bored with their jokes. You know, like I, I would run it. I ran a show with a few friends for a couple of years and my friend Barbara, she's so funny and I've been watching her for years and I love her jokes, but you know, you, you say them enough and it's just like, you just don't even know how to say them anymore. You know? And they, if, if you're bored, the audience is going to be bored. And so I think that's really what happened in those years is like fish was kind of bored with themselves and It also made me realize, I mean, I think about this a lot too, just when I listen to them now, there's sometimes where I'm listening to fish and they'll say a line or something will happen and I'll just laugh and I'll think, you know, I can totally understand why people would hate this. (laughs) You know, like there's sometimes where I'm just like, oh, I get it. Yeah, this is, I can totally understand hearing this and being like, what the fuck? Why would anybody want to listen to this? (laughs) but at the same time I hear some parts and I'm like, how can you not love this? You know? So I just think it's, yeah, it's a lot about, I think they really needed those breaks. Um, and like I said, they're just, they're, they're better than ever now. And in 2017, they did something called the Baker's dozen, which another thing that I was so bummed that I was on the West coast for, but they basically like had a residency at, Madison Square Garden for 13 nights. And I really think that they sort of solidify, like maybe that's 4.0. I don't know if that's a thing, but like, I feel like they really (laughs) were able to like bring it all back home in, in that residency. And, and again, relating it to like clown classes, you know, I, I, I was like building a show before everything all happened. I was just building the show that I didn't really have. I had like a loose idea of it. And I would, you know, I had a residency at this little theater and every week I would, I would just try to like build this show. And 
I just, yeah, by the last one, it was like, holy shit, I can't believe this came together. Imagine if I had three more weeks of this. And that's just like, you can, I can't explain it. There's just like such a significant shift. I think if you listen to 2015 fish and then 2018 fish, it's like, whoa, something like they really were able to like hone it in. And I think it was the Baker's dozen. Just like allowing them to have that freedom. You know, it was like, we got all, we got all these dates. We don't like, nothing has to be perfect. And, and that's, I don't know. I just think about that in relation to like my best perform, like comedy stuff is like, yeah. When it's just, you know, in the <clears throat> moment, they're very in the moment. So Everything with, is in the moment. That's a great kind of illustration of why this band is different from all other bands. Because what you just described to me was, you know, the sick, the si- All right. I'm going to bring this to something that, you know, is a little annoying, but I'm going to do it. This is, it reminds me of wrestling because the one thing that wrestling has that the only other art form I can think of, the only other thing that does this is fish is you, the, the, the art is made live in front of people and it is necessarily it is necessarily intertwined with the reaction it is getting from the people in the moment. So what you're describing to me, which I think is really cool and why I think like you have to almost re retrain your brain to understand what they're doing is over the course of 13 nights. And by the way, like you probably had 10 to fucking 25,000 people who were the same people every night. Right. Like a lot of those people are going over and over again. So over the course of 13 nights, all six members of the band are are continuing to work through material, work through material. Whereas with any other fucking medium, with the exception of wrestling, you don't actually see the sausage being made but when you're on the inside of it i mean maybe it's true for other things like maybe it's true for comedy i don't mean that but like but but and it's true for like it's it is true for certain forms of comedy where the audience has a more active role than others and i think your point about stand-up versus clowning is like is, is a very good one but for the most part like i believe that the fish audience is as important to the band as any one of the members. I believe they know that. I believe that the, that the the piece is never finished because the piece always incorporates different elements from the audience every time. And you're you're all that. I think might be the 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 secret sauce of it. Like the audience not only feels like they're a part of it. Like I've been to some fucking concerts where I feel like I'm a part of it, mm-hmm. but they actually are. I go yeah. to fucking One Stripe concerts and they're playing the same shit, which I fucking love, but they're playing it at me, not with me. So can I I I wanna I I wanna kind of run with that because before you started talking, Kenny, I was I was literally gonna say the same thing. I mean, what I find so fascinating about this band and why I was so excited to have this conversation, um, and why it's been great to listen to you guys argue about it and and converse about it, discuss it is the better way to put it. But is how intangible to some degree or another this band is in the best possible way. You know, I, I, and I understand why Kenny pushed back on me trying to put them into a box like any other band 
where they just don't fit. Like they, they are legitimately doing their own thing, which is experiential. Yeah. And that is, is so unlike any band, which also speaks to Aaron, why I think it has such an emotional resonance, like why it feels so powerful because you're quite literally experiencing something that is only happening once. They played 13 shows and none of those shows are similar to one another. They're all completely different and they're all their own experience. Like that is magical. I mean, truly, when you think about it, like to to do something different every night, to give people something different every night, a new experience that they will take with them uh, is, is, is tremendous. I mean, Kenny, you talking about how they performed on Letterman to do, uh, I guess, something from Farmhouse. Farmhouse. I, cl- I clicked on Farmhouse because uh, I, I don't, obviously, as I said, I don't know the band. And I saw the covers like, oh, I remember that cover. Yeah, the black. Like, I remember that cover. cover being everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And thinking about them on Letterman and thinking, yeah, the, the outhouse, I think is what it sort mm-hmm. of looks like, um, is in and of itself that the band was cognizant enough of the fact that they were going down a road that was not only going to negate them uh, creatively, but also negate what the band was about. Like if that band became the biggest band in the world, you could never do what they continue to do. There are a lot of examples I, I just coming to me right now of bands who didn't do what Fish did at this point, who had this almost right. experiential thing, like off the top of them, and they always have that hit, and then they always fucking blow it forever. Like in the mid-90s, Nothing was like Fish, and I'm not trying to say it was, but they were like sub Fish bands, right? They were like mm-hmm. a few bands that were like that were like right there, and one of them was Bare Naked Ladies, Canada's own. And I had them. I Bare Naked Ladies, Dave Matthews band. Those were the bands that I was oof. like, and Bare Naked Ladies. Hey now, <laughs> well, Bare Naked Ladies before like one week was just like a cool fucking jam band, and then they had one week. And then they j- and like fucking, you know, it's all been done and like MTV videos. And now like they get oofs and like deservedly so. And I would say, no. I would say in the 2000s, look, I fucking love Brock Spectacle as much as anybody in the world. Like I'm crazy about that fucking album. But like I, I get like Bare Naked Ladies is just not that anymore. I, Modest Mouse reminds me of that. Um, Death Cab reminds me of that. Like a lot of these bands that had like, that, that, that could have just kind of stayed with their group and grown their group, opted for MTV fame. And it's a very but hard I, I, to not go there. I don't disagree, but I, I, I just I, I want to just say one quick thing, which is that I think that uh, the, the, the concert going experience that, that Aaron is describing and that I've, I've seen described by other people is so specific to their oeuvre to what they're doing mm-hmm. that it's 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 slightly different i agree with you that there there are indie bands or bands that sort of had had a moment and then capitalized on that and became sort of what they became i don't know that you could replicate what they were doing and be the biggest band in the world do you know what i mean like i just don't know that no, that, no, that you, live experience you'd have to give it right? up you'd have to give it right, up that, that's, right? yes, okay that's so, okay, which yeah, is yeah. what i think they which is what i think they they would yeah. do yeah, whereas I, like yeah. you if you listen to Rock Spectacle, Bare Naked Ladies live album from like 96 or some shit, like you'll hear the same kind of give and take, the same kind of we're making jokes for the audience, with the audience, the same kind of like very 
fetal idea of like if you took this little seed and planted it and it grew, you could see it becoming mm-hmm. Canada's version of fish. Um, for you know, a lesser is, is fish Canada's version of fish. Uh, for 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 <laughs> with, with, you know, without a better example. But the thing that I want to kind of say, bring it back to another point because I can't get over this, is like it's it, it remains crazy to me that fish that 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 no one has. We did a movie this year called what was the fucking kiss kiss, kiss movie that's terrible. Oh God, Detroit Rock City. Aaron, mm. do you know that movie, Detroit Rock City? I saw it once when it came out. I didn't like it. It's a fish yeah, movie about. You were kids, right, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a fish movie about Kiss. It's it, it's trying to act like Kiss had that kind of thing Draw. that fish has. That's the only way you can tell a story about fish. You can't drop down with disease into a, into a 1994 set story because it wouldn't mean anything. It would be weird. It would be them playing Farmhouse on Letterman. It wouldn't be right. But if you told a soup to nuts story about fish in a narrative set, in a, in a, in a fictional narrative setting, I would want to see that because I feel like there are really, really smart, talented people who already make movies and stuff. Yeah. Who probably know more about this world than anything else in their lives, and could write a really incredible story set in this world. And it's crazy to me that no one. I agree with that a hundred percent. I, 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 it's funny when you brought it up earlier, Kenny, and you were like, "Why hasn't it been incorporated into a film?" And we talked about needle drops and all of that. It is shocking to me that no one has made the quintessential fish movie. The, you know, someone has found a, a loose narrative structure with which to take some fictional characters and draw them towards either a fish show or whatever the case might be. To me, that is surprising because there's clearly an audience for it. I've never even but seen characters doing what Aaron was talking about, putting on a fucking tape in their car or what people like I, people I knew in college did, which would be like sitting on their couch for six hours, getting high and watching a live show. Or watching a taped show from like years ago, it was it was different. It was just it was it was a lifestyle thing. It was like the way people in other movies watch like fucking soccer games. Well, did you know? I mean, since the <laughs> pandemic started, that they've been uh, doing every Tuesday fish dinner in a movie. Did you know that they've been? No. Uh, no. Oh my god! It's I've, every week for twenty one weeks. I was watching every Tuesday night. Uh, they would stream an archival show. Uh, they oh, had, cool. it was awesome. They had the one from when they were at the uh, Riviera Maya in Mexico. They've been showing full shows. Beautiful. I mean, like, this is what the fans need. You know, like they, <laughs> it's true. I'm serious. Like I agree. What, I other agree. Band, what other band is there for their fans right now? Like yeah. yep. they've given them something to hold on to every week in the middle of this terrible time. Um, now this past Tuesday, it wasn't on and I took me by surprise. I was not expecting that. I was like, already, you know, I have my Tuesday routine and it wasn't on. And I was like, what the hell's going on? So I look it up. They're not having it this week because it's Labor Day weekend. So they're actually showing a three day webcast taken from shows of Labor Day festivals past. I'm going to put it on all weekend. 
Of course, that's what they're doing. Oh, I—I I mean, I am like. But are you, are you gonna like have it on TV all all weekend long and just like go about Probably. your life? About yeah, that's what—that's a thing. That's what I'm getting at. Like, that's a—that's a legitimate thing. That how many people do you think are going to do that? Do you have any idea what the numbers a are? A lot. I, I mean, I think it's perfect. Hundreds of thousands, right? There's so many people that like that's their Labor Day weekend. They drive out to or they fly out to Dick's Sporting Goods and they camp for three days and they listen to fish. And now they don't have that. What's fish going to do? You know what, buddies? We're going to stream it. You're going to get it. We're going to bring it to you. And I think that's so fucking cool. And it's all been for free. For free. There's so many musicians who are like, hey, guys, we're going to come at you with a live stream. Uh, Drop the donation in this link. And it's like, they're given shit for free because they know we need it. I also I, I wanted I want to just say one quick thing that, that I thought of earlier and I didn't mention, which is the way that they release their music, right? The way that they were fine with with the sharing of, of recorded uh, shows and bootlegs and all that is also way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were using their website to sell various versions of their albums. I bring this up because if you look at bands like, you know, what Radiohead or Nine Inch Nails or any number of bands did in terms of trying to control their their the selling of their music and just trying to get it to the fans in any way in the best possible way that they could, whatever the case might be. It's amazing to see that Fish was at the tip of the spear on something like that as well. And they don't get the credit they deserve, I think, for that as well. Aaron, do you have other I, what are you, the other bands you like? Like, I, I, I'm interested just kind of globally and not necessarily representative of, of anybody other than you. Um, I really, well, uh, let's see. I'll try to start, like, backwards. <laughs> like, I really, uh, Bob Dylan. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what I was listening to in high school. Bob Dylan, Cat Stevens, Beck. Radiohead, Wilco, Dr. Dog. Dr. Dog is like up there with Fish. They're not, uh, here's the thing. People ask me what my favorite band is, and I'm like, Fish is here, and then like everybody else is here. You know, Fish really is their own thing. Um, but Dr. Dog, I've seen them probably like 11 times, mm-hmm. and they really know how to pull it out. I mean, it's different. It's not Fish, but. I love they're they're probably my second favorite band to go see. Um I don't know. No, it's good. Those are good answers. I mean I mean anything would have been interesting to me, but I they generally do seem to be more experiential than a lot of other bands. Mm-hmm. Um and I yeah, I, I the other thing that I'm trying to kind of figure out is almost, you know, a fucking anthropological detective is why so many friends of mine who love fish pretty much only love fish. Mm. And I know that's not true. Like definitely like fish wouldn't work if the fans only liked fish. They, they play so many covers. They build upon themselves. Like the whole Halloween thing wouldn't even make sense if fish fans didn't have it. And generally what I've seen is like a lot of Dylan, a lot of Beatles, a lot like they, like, the Who, you know, Led Zeppelin, like fish fans generally have like a really strong knowledge base of music. But since fish, it tends to feel to me, which like Dr. Dog was like an interesting answer. It tends to feel to me that like, it's like trying to like, you know, it's it's like trying to find someone who compares to your high school love. Like, like just like, it, it just can't compare. They can't give you what yeah. fish gives you. 
It's almost it feels almost like a different thing. Like the, like you know, there's like yeah. I love Wilco, but Wilco's Wilco, right? Wilco's a, a band you put on when you feel like you want to listen to some Wilco, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> even Radiohead probably, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, here's here's where I come down on all of this on some level, which is that um, I mean, I've been to a lot of concerts. I've been to some, you know, truly un- unbelievable concerts. Um, but I kind of feel like I haven't been to a concert because I haven't seen a fish show. Like listening to the way that you talk about these concerts and seeing this footage really does feel like they're in a game all their own and everyone else is just kind of playing your, their songs for you. And And I think that that's really fascinating to me um and i think that speaks to why this band is so special i mean and and is its own thing and it speaks to why uh everything that we're talking about but as well like when i'm first introduced to fish or even hear a fish in sort of probably the mid 90s mid to late 90s at summer camp you know i just quite frankly just didn't get it right because it felt like it just it felt like another language like it felt like something completely different and i just didn't know how to do that um and felt like it was going to require effort of me but then i hear that like i just should have gone to a fucking show and just tried to enjoy it for what it was and not sort of put all these expectations on it it is like another language and uh that's another way to relate it to clown like you're developing a language with the audience you know and that is what they have done they have developed an entire language with their fans and anyone can join, really. There's, yeah. They, they've also done it, and this is weird. Like, there, it is cult-like, but it's not creepy. No. Does that make sense? Like, but, but anything else that you would describe as, like, cult-like or a religious experience also mm. feels creepy. And I've never – go ahead, go ahead. It is, I've never I've – never, Felt that from fish people, like where it felt like creepy. I have three things that I could consider to be within my cult realm. Oh, and one, one was Phil Berger's clown class. People, anybody who took the class would talk about it. People who weren't in the class would be like, it sounds like you guys are in a cult. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's the best fucking thing we've ever done, you know? And, and <laughs> sounds a little creepy, but go ahead. Yeah, it's a little creepy. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I was going to bring this up earlier when you guys were talking about like, okay, like it's a religious experience. I can't think of anything else. that's like that. I wouldn't say clown class is like a religious experience. Definitely not. But I was taking these dance classes for the past eight years. I was going to this dance studio called the sweat spot. Uh, Ryan Heffington acclaimed choreographer uh, owned the studio I took these classes there for years and I wasn't really a dancer. I mean, like I danced when I was a kid, but taking these classes were just my alternate exercise. I was like, okay, this is like much better than yoga or running. But then something shifted and it became part of my life. And it was like, I can't, I started rearranging my schedule so that dance class was the priority. And it was like, okay, I'm not going to do comedy on Wednesday nights because I need to go to this dance class. Now, obviously with the pandemic that had to stop, he announced in July that he had to sell the studio and it's been like a huge loss. It's been a huge Mm -hmm. loss. And obviously so has the concert experience, you know, like every time I do watch those dinner and a movie archived shows, I get a little sad that I'm not going to get to do that this year. I'm not going to get to run through the crowd and find my friends. And, 
um, it's so in those dance classes, it's like the same kind of like it got to a spiritual level. Like it just became like this part of me. And it's interesting because there was a girl in those dance classes who would take videos for social media and post all these classes. And I watch them constantly. And it, it's sort of the same thing as listening to a fish show where I watch those dance classes and I'm transported back to those Mm. feelings of being able to do that dance. And, and it's, it's the same thing as like listening to a fish show. I one of my best days ever, and this sounds bizarre. And I've talked about this on another podcast, but one of my favorite days that I look back to a lot is a weird one when I say it, because it was the day of my grandmother's funeral mass. This was in July last year. And she was old and she had Alzheimer's and like, it was kind of like a peaceful thing that she finally went, you know? Um, but that day was like really, really emotional. You know, it was the last time, like they closed the casket for the last time. And I had to see my mom, see her mom for the last time. And it was like so intense. And the night before that, I had friends who I wasn't seeing on that trip because they were in Philadelphia and they texted me and they said, Hey, I know what you're going through, but we're in Philly. We're on the lawn for fish. If there's any way that you think you can get here, just know that we're here. If that's what you need, we're here. And I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even think about the fact that they're playing this weekend. How perfect is that? Like, but also I was like, wait a minute, my grandma, I'm in my grandmother's funeral. Can I go drive to Philly to go to this concert? And that day, you know, we went to the, we went to the mass, we had lunch, a storm started coming. It was like 1 PM, 2 PM. And I was like, I think I, I think I'm going to go to Philly. And, you know, I made sure my mom didn't need me emotionally for anything that day. And we took an, my boyfriend and I took a nap and we drove to Philly and it was going to be his first show since that one in 2000 where he was like, it was not very good. <laughs> and I'm full of emotions driving to Philly. I'm like riddled with guilt. Should I be going to a concert? I just like said goodbye to my grandmother, you know? And like we get to the show. It's a, it's such an obstacle to even get into the venue. Um, but I sweet talked my way into the front of the line. I bought the tickets. We go in. I'm looking for my friends everywhere. I can't find them. We were there. I mean, like we're late to the show. We're probably five songs in couple more songs go by. It's getting dark. I'm like, I need to find my friends. This one song starts to play. It's kind of like a sleepy song. I don't really care about. And it gets to the part where they're settling into the jam. And I'm like, I'm going to take one more look for my friends. So I said to Kevin, I'm like, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go look for them. So I finally, the jam starts. It's like the sun is setting. The sky is pink. It's beautiful. I finally like come to peace with being there and being like, this is, this is good. I'm glad I came to this. I needed this. And like the music starts to swell. And at that same moment that I'm like, this is okay that I'm here. I see my friend. Like we see each other at this. It was just like this magical moment. I'm getting chills again. I get chills talking about (laughs) these moments. And I listened to that song. I put it on the email, Phil. It's the one MP3, but I listened to that song and I, I, feel that feeling again of like peace 
of like safety, you know, and, and, and to have that, that day of it's a, it's a full day. I mean, the whole spectrum of emotions, you have a collective moment of grief with every, my whole family, you know, and then a collective moment of joy with this totally other family. I don't know. That's just one of my favorite days. I don't know why I brought I mean, it up. I'm sorry. I went no, no, no. I, no, no. First of all, I, I want to thank you for, for obviously for, yeah. for saying that because I just honestly, we're not going to do any better than that. Like I, what, what you I, just encapsulated you just the, whole thing. the entire fucking thing. Um, and it, it's not just a beautiful story, but it shows, you know, the emotional power of this band and what they, what they bring to your life. I mean, what my, else could you ask? My main emotion aside from empathy during that was extreme <laughs> jealousy because, <laughs> because sure. like do you consider yourself a spiritual person in general i mean over the past few like dance has definitely helped it and fish has like i had a spiritual breakthrough in my mm-hmm. first fish concert you know and i didn't even realize that's what it was at the time because, you know like yeah i i think uh i'm only really just starting to kind of tap that part of myself and to be that kind of in touch with your spirit and also kind of more importantly, find the things that that can like awaken it within you and bring you comfort and kind of make you one. That is there's there's nothing like that. I I, I, I don't have anything like that for the most part. That's amazing. It is also like really a testament to the fans because again, there's this long line. The show has already started. Uh, I'm sweet talking my way to get into the front of the line. And this girl, I'm just like, Hey, can I stand next to you? And she's like, yeah, but you know, like I could tell that she was kind of like, yeah, but don't try to get in front of me. We just start talking. And I, you know, she's, I tell her I'm from California for some reason. And she's like, what are you doing here? Did you come here just to see fish? And I was like, well, actually I'm here for my grandmother's funeral. And like, I didn't expect to tell her about it, you know? And she's like, Oh my God. She's like, get in front of me you need to be here. You need to be here. This is where you need to be. And like, she let me get in front of her to get my ticket. And then we when we finally go into the venue, there's a song. It's a newer song. It's called everything's right for a while there. It had become my mantra. Like it's, it really, I mean, you listen to the song and it's just like, yeah, man, it's, it's just, don't, don't think about the future. Don't think about the past. Everything's right. Right now. Just sit tight, just sit tight. And we walk into the venue and they're in the middle of a jam, so I don't even realize what they're playing. And then all of a sudden, you just hear Trey get back into the song. And he's just like, everything's right, so just hold tight. Everything's right, so just hold tight. And I just, like, burst into tears. And <laughs> Kevin That's was like, great. I, like, stopped right in front of a bunch of people, and they looked really annoyed. But then <laughs> he said that they they could clearly see that I was, like, having an experience. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> This is, I mean, listen. Shit. This is this is yeah, I I I can't thank you enough for coming yeah. on, Aaron, to talk about this band. Um, which I I now I'm just deeply jealous that I don't have you know 20 years of experience that you have with the band or close to 20 years. Um, and 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 honestly, I it, they've been enigmatic to me for as long as I've known them. They continue to be, and yet I now have not just a respect for it, but. I just I want to do more digging and find out more about like how they are the way they are. I'm going to say to you what I've been saying since the beginning of this pandemic. A lot of people 
are using this time to sort of yeah. like find themselves. And a lot of people are, turning, yeah. a lot of people are turning to God. I'm here. If you guys are ready to turn to fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think that might be what we all need on your journey. I really, that is tremendous. I had a really good time putting together that email for you. <laughs> it was, it's a, uh, it's a great email because I, what here, I just very quickly, uh, before we wrap this up, uh, as I mentioned, Aaron sent us an email and I'm reading the email and it starts with obviously just a little bit of sort of, you know, how the, how you came to the band, whatever. And then with each clip, you're like, you can skip to like <laughs> nine minutes, 15 minutes, 22 minutes. I'm just like, my fucking God, what is this band? And then I did everything that you told me to do. And I'm just like, you 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 really lasered in on like what's special about not just each of these clips but like the transitions between their songs and the things that they're doing in these epic songs. It's just it's it's anyway. I, I thank you for it. Hey, so, as do I. Ninety nine percentile. Moving moving on. That was great. <laughs> it's over. Like you it. win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So next week we're doing something very different uh, that I'm going to let Kenny explain since he's the one that devised the rules for the first annual game that we're playing on our podcast. Hopefully um, it's not a, an annual thing. but uh, No, no, no. Have, I didn't mean one. Yeah. We have Clay Keller from the Screen Drafts podcast coming on, and we are <laughs> going to take the 1999 Hollywood issue of Vanity Fair featuring 14 up-and-coming actors draft these actors phil and clay are going to draft the actors for a movie that they will be producing in 2021 we've already recorded it i mean quote unquote producing that's i i, I was quoting we've already recorded okay. it it is a ton of fun i absolutely <laughs> loved doing it uh clay was a, it was, a blast. Was, was 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 really great um and uh yeah can't wait for people to hear it it's it's, it's it's it is uh we're we're hoping that it's the beginning of something that we can do more regularly. Uh we have some uh some frequent guests that are going to come on uh to do it. Um it was a blast. It was super weird. It was a little bit uh unlike anything we've done before and and I had a great time doing it. But Aaron, thank you so so much for coming on. Thank um, you. I, yeah, I, that was I fantastic. Truly, truly appreciate it. We hope that you'll come back. I would love to. Thank you for having me talk about my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.